What's up? Welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. Live from the Red Sea Radio studios in College Station at St. Mary's Catholic Center. It's great to be here with you guys tonight. We have a fun show planned for you today. Talking about relationships. We'll talk about uh, a couple different kinds of relationships. Have a great guest, Mr. Steve Picorni, in our second segment here in about 20 minutes to talk about um, his work that he does with people in relationships and some of the things that he does with his his ministry, Freedom Coaching. He actually uh, gave gave the talk on relationships that my um, my now wife and I heard, and then I uh, asked her to start dating me the next day. So uh, he, he's been influential in my life for that reason. And then also, uh, we're going to continue that with actually a, a couple is going to come into the studio who just recently got engaged a few weeks ago. Um, so they're preparing for marriage, and we're going to talk to them about what uh, their marriage prep looks like, how they met, uh, their love story. It's a lot of fun. And then we're actually going to play a game with them on the air. The, the what, what, what are we calling that? Um, I don't remember. I think you came up with it. Off the top of your head, right? Yeah, I did. So it's it's it, the game's going to be a ton of fun. So stick around for that right at the end of the show. But before we get into the dating relationships and engaged relationships and marriage relationships, it is Advent, and so I want to talk about um, your relationship with God right now. And I want to do that through a, a special lens that that um, has come to me through this Advent season. I absolutely love Advent. We've talked about it on the show the past couple of weeks as we are preparing for Christmas. And uh, one of the things that has really struck out, stuck out to me is how brilliant the church is in the, setting up the liturgical calendar and the seasons of the church. So um, Advent started a few weeks ago, right? So we have four candles. We have the purple candle. We have another purple candle. And then we get this pink candle. We just celebrated that two days ago. Um, so if your if your priest didn't uh, explain what the pink candle was and didn't explain why he was wearing a pink dress, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure you missed out on something because um, every man should always explain why he's wearing a pink dress in public. Taylor, I'm pretty sure it's called a chasuble. No, it's definitely a dress. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> it's long, covers your whole body. It's a dress. So, uh, so we are. That was that was our producer Jake. And um, he's always wrong. Uh, so <laughs> I hear that all the time. <laughs> so um, what was I even talking about? All right. So you were at mass. You saw the pink candle. And so this this season of Advent is kind of a mini Lent, a time to return to the Lord, a time of prayer, a time of waiting, a time of, of trying to reconnect with God. It always comes to me at, at a time that I, that I really need it. Um, so a few weeks ago, I, I was like, I really needed a boost in my spiritual life. I really needed a boost in in my prayer and in um, just kind of how I was relating to the Lord and my relationship with him. Um, so it, it's been, man, it was it was a great two weeks of prayer for me. It was a, a time that I, I really needed because I had kind of been feeling like uh, my spiritual life, my prayer life wasn't going well for um, for for quite a while there. But I, I, you know, Advent's just a great reminder to to start praying, to to really start preparing for the Lord to come. Because um, like we're not dumb. I mean, I I, I I I can speak for myself. I can probably speak for Jake, and I can most likely speak for you. But um, like we know that we're not waiting for baby Jesus to come into a manger. Like that happened two thousand years ago. But we are preparing our hearts 
for Jesus to come into our hearts in a special way at Christmas, but also preparing for him to come again at his, at his second coming. And so um, one of the things that, that I love not only about how the church set up Advent as a season, but how right in the middle of this, we have this pink candle, we have this day of celebration, it's Gaudete Sunday, this joyous Sunday in the middle of, of all this waiting and, and waiting upon the Lord. And it's, it's really interesting because like a lot of times, like when I decide to do something, I can do it for, for a while, just like on pure will. It's like, oh, you know, New Year's resolution or a Lenten promise or an Advent promise. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, for Lent, I'm going to give up soda. I'm going to give up eating meat and I'm going to pray every day. And then, you know, I, I can do that well for like a week, maybe two. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I think I made a bad choice. I really like meat, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and it starts to get more difficult. And so I, I love how the church sets this up because even in my own prayer the past couple of weeks, it was great. And, I, and I, I was just looking forward to my prayer every day for those first two, two weeks or so. And then I, got, I started getting stressed out and th- uh, there was, life was just, was just getting busy. And I, it was starting to get harder a little bit to, 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 to sit myself down and to pray. And we get to this pink Sunday. It's all about joy. And it's all about, um, you know, re- returning to the Lord. And I, and, I, and, and I just took it in mass as I sat there in mass on Sunday as like God just saying like, look, <laughs> I know you, Taylor. I know you're human. I know you're not perfect, even though I think I am sometimes. But um, I'm definitely incorrect on that. Um, but God knows me. He knows you. He knows your weakness. He knows my weakness. He knows that we need a pick-me-up every now and then. He knows that we need a little help um, whenever things get tough to keep going. So the other day I was, uh, I I spent way too much time watching people on ski lifts fall as they got off the ski lifts. It was absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't be saying this on, on a live radio show, but, uh, I, I was just, I was just like almost crying how hard I was laughing, watching these people fall off, fall, you know, like get off the ski lift and then just like crumble. It was, it was hilarious. Nobody got seriously injured, but it was just really funny to me. And then I started thinking about like, why is this funny? Right. And I think the reason is, is because you could have taken that video of me when I was learning how to ski. And then a few years later, when I was learning how to snowboard, like talk about embarrassing, <laughs> getting off a ski lift and you know i I don't know if if you've ever been skiing or been to a ski resort but like those ski lifts are like a mile long half a mile long quarter mile long and there's people all on them when you fall they have to stop the the chairlift to let you like regain yourself to pick yourself up and you know there's dozens of people just sitting there watching you it's humiliating, absolutely humiliating. But then, you know, like now I've been skiing for a long time and snowboarding for a long time, so I don't fall when, I get, when I'm getting off, off the chairlifts anymore. So I think that's why I think that watching those videos is hilarious because I'm kind of laughing at myself and remembering the time that I was slipping up. But also, one of the things that they tell you whenever you're learning how to ski and especially whenever they, they're telling you, teaching you how to snowboard, is that that first day and a half, especially on a snowboard, that first day and a half 
you're going to spend a lot of time on your backside. <laughs> just, just it's, it's a hard skill to learn. Um, you're going to continue to fall, continue to, to, to not do what you're supposed to do. And all you got to do is keep getting yourself back up. You know, you can insert your cheesy movie quote here. You know, it's not about how hard you get, about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep getting back up and fighting some more. And, and like, I, I just was remembering that, that day and a half was a long day and a half sitting on my backside because I kept falling over. And then I started thinking like, that's, that's kind of what my spiritual life has looked like and what it looks like at times still. It's like there are days where I'm just falling and falling and falling and getting on, you know, falling onto my backside. But I have to keep getting myself back up. The reason I, I got back up whenever I was snowboarding is because snowboarding is so much fun. There's so much joy involved in, in, in flying down the slope. I love snowboarding. And I knew even from day one that I was really going to enjoy this once I, once I kind of got going. And then I, I was thinking about that this weekend as we're having this Sunday of joy and how, you know, my, my, my spiritual life can get hard. I can, I can feel like I'm sitting on my backside and falling over and falling off chairlifts and being humiliated. And, and then I look at this, this celebration of joy amidst this time of like trying to return to the Lord and have the Lord, um, um, love on me in the, in this time as we prepare for him to come into our hearts. And I, I look at that and I'm sitting back thinking, God, thank you for Advent and thank you for this celebration of joy because it was the boost that I needed to continue my prayer into, into today, into the rest of Advent, knowing that, look, this life, this Christian life brings joy. It's a lot of fun. If we're fully living as God created us to, our life is going to be a blast and we're going to have a ton of fun, just like we're going to have a ton of fun on the show today. And that's what I want to, to, to say to you today and to encourage you. Like, look, if your advent was, was going great, or maybe if, if you like just are so busy that you just looked at your phone and you realized, oh, wow, it's December, advent has started. Or if you're having the greatest advent of all time, I want to encourage you that if you've already fallen or if you know that you know things aren't going as well, pick yourself back up. Get back up and return to the Lord. You know, he's a father that loves me. He's a father that loves you. And just like the story of the prodigal son, like whenever we just take one step back to him, he's going to run right back to us. And, and I, I want to I look at a scripture that has really encouraged me this Lent and in, in my relationship with God. And so it's a little lengthy, but I, I want to I read it and I want to kind of go through it and see, how, see if it can encourage you. So it's from Ezekiel chapter 37. It starts, The hand of the Lord came upon me, Ezekiel, and he led me out in the spirit of the Lord and sent me into the center of a broad valley. It was filled with bones. He made me walk among the bones in every direction. So many lay on the surface of the valley, how dry they were. He asked me, son of man, can these bones come back to life? So th there's this there are these dry bones just out in this valley. And God starts off the question saying to Ezekiel, can these bones come back to life? And I'm sure Ezekiel's like, well, 
Uh, no? <laughs> like, is that the correct answer? Like, I, I, I've never seen bones come back to life before. But he's a little smarter than me. He says, Lord God, you alone know that answer. So he's kind of a cop-out. He, he, got, he got out of actually answering the question. So then it says that then God said to him, said to Ezekiel, prophesy over these bones. So what, is, what does prophesy mean? All, all a prophet is, is being the mouthpiece of God, is sharing what, the word of God. So he says, prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, thus says the Lord God to these bones. Listen, I will make breath enter you so that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow over you and cover you with skin and put breath into you so that you may come to life. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And then it says that Ezekiel prophesied as he has been commanded. So God told him what to say, and then he said it, and that's what made him a prophet. And then the craziest thing happened. A sound started up as I was prophesying, rattling like thunder. The bones came together, bone joining to bone. As I watched, sinews appeared on them, flesh grew over them, skin covered them on top, and there was no, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, from the four winds come, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may come to life. Ezekiel prophesied as he had been commanded, and the breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. He said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They are saying, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, look, I am going up, I'm going to open up your graves. I will make you come up out of your graves, my people, and bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you that you may come to life. And I was, we were reading this earlier and it just, it just came to me because I, I feel like this is, this is very um, telling of like my relationship with God, of Israel's relationship with God, and a lot of, I'm assuming, a lot of your relationships with God. And I want to ask you today, where do you think you are in the process of these dry bones coming to life? Are you maybe in the stage of the dry bones, you know, shout, shouting out to God, like, like, the, like Israel saying, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, and we are cut off. I think a lot of people are in this stage today, feeling that, that they've done so much to get away from God and that God can't take them back, They're, or that you know, they haven't been praying enough, so it's hard to kind of start a prayer life, or they, there might be some guilt left in that. But take heart in this, in that we just listened to the story of God going through this process of bringing life back into his people. Maybe you're in the, the sinew stage where like what the sinew is, is like the, the ligaments, the tendons that hold together these bones where you're being held together. You maybe even have, you know, a full body, you have the skin on you, but it says that, you know, God did this, but he hasn't breathed life into it yet. So the body was lifeless. And I think a, a lot, a lot of us at times are, are, are in church and that's kind of how we are. We're bodies and we're there. But the life, the spirit of God, the, the abundance and the joy isn't really in us. So what I, what I want to challenge you to do in this Advent season to renew your relationship with God is just acknowledge where you are to him in prayer. God, I feel like I'm dry bones. I'm so tired. I, I'm, 
my, my, my faith life has just been rough. Um, I want to return to you. I want you to, to, to recreate me and to breathe life into me. Maybe you're the body. You've just kind of, you know, you've been going to church. You've been going through the motions. But God has so much more in plan for you to, to, today. He has so much in plan for you in your life. And that's what we celebrated this past Sunday, this joyous Sunday. Because when God breathes his life into you, when he breathes his spirit into you, amazing things happen. So I just want to encourage you here at the end of this first segment to return to the Lord. Go to him in prayer today, no matter if you've prayed an hour today or you haven't prayed this year. Return to him, and we will be right back on Forte Catholic. Welcome back to Forte Catholic with your host, Taylor Schroll. It's a pleasure to be here with you tonight. And as promised, we have a great guest here for our second set, a good friend of mine for a very long time, Mr. Steve Picorni. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Taylor. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I just uh, finished playing basketball, so I, uh, I'm a little tired, but we'll be okay. So um, we, we're talking about relationships today. And uh, and I wanted to to bring you on because you have a very special place in in my wife and I's relationship. We met at a at a retreat that you were given a talk. What kind of, what kind of things do you talk about? Well, I give lots of talks. I work. Uh, I have a ministry called Freedom Coaching, and you can be found at freedom-coaching.net. Um, and part of that work is working with those involved with pornography, attraction, and compulsion to break them from that. But from that also. There's a lot of talks on, um, based on theology of the body, on John Paul the Great's uh, magnum opus, I would argue, um, that really helped us to see why were we created male and female in the first place? What is this attraction thing all about that we have? So giving talks, especially on you know, the nature of masculinity, the meaning of masculinity, the meaning of femininity, dating, on discerning dating, on, uh, on vocational searches, and then also just, you know, that, that universal longing for love and acceptance that we're all, we're all seeking. Yeah, so um, at this retreat that, that you were speaking at, I was there, I was doing the music, and I brought along this girl that I just met about a month before. And I, I was interested in her. She was a pretty, pretty little Catholic girl. So I um, took her to this retreat, and you gave your talk on, on dating and what to base Catholic dating on. And uh, I looked over at her, and we decided to... Uh, to uh, take some of the things in that you, that you said. So what kind of things do you say to people who are, who are dating, who are engaged to help them um, prepare to have a, a good Catholic relationship? Sure. I'm going to start off with something shocking. And I would say first, don't date. Um, and what do I mean by that? Um, it doesn't mean you're not going to go out and go out and get to know each other. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean you go, don't go on dates. Okay. But the, the traditional, or I should say the, 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 in this whole scheme of the world's history, the newer schema of what dating is, I believe is broken um, because we come from a perspective that the way in which people prepare or use dating is actually preparation for divorce. Um, they are doing things that are intrinsically inhibiting them from getting to really know each other, inhibiting genuine foundations of intimacy, of inhibiting the ability 
for those building blocks, those lifelong building blocks um, that can really grow a marriage and family to really foster. And this is what causes a lot of heartache and pain. Um, and so from this, obviously, I would, I would drive from the perspective of more traditional understanding of courtship. And, and what does that mean? It means, if anything, it would be dating with a purpose. Okay, I, I won't go so far as to go, the, the, this, is a, this may <clears throat> go back to uh, something when we were back in college, or, um, or I was in grad school, you were in college with Josh McDowell, right? I kissed dating goodbye. I don't agree with that philosophy. I think dating can be, to date somebody, to go on a date is not a bad thing, but it's gotta be purposeful. It's gotta be, it can be a, a beautiful thing when um, a, a man and woman are intrinsically discerning intentionally what is God's will for their life? Um, and I think that is one of the main problems is we have have bought into the, the idea in many, many cases that the worst thing in the world is to be lonely. I mean, the, the uh, definition of marriage that was redefined or undefined a couple of years ago um, by the Supreme Court in one of the, the justices was that you know part of the meaning of life or the meaning of marriage is so that um, two people don't have to be lonely and i i hate to break it to you in all marriages there's going to be experience of of loneliness does that mean that that marriage is over no so it's got to dating has to be more than trying to fill up this this longing for loneliness this uh, or, or or pursuit of pleasure it has to be I'm doing, I'm with this person at this time to really discern, am I called to marriage? And if I can't see myself called to marriage to this person, then I think we need to call it quits or, or take a step back and re-examine this. So we're actually broadcasting from a, a studio that's located in the Catholic Center at St. Mary's at St. Mary's Catholic Center for Texas A&M for uh, the college students. So um, I actually come in contact with uh, lots of young single Catholics who are, you know, looking to get married at some point. And they, like you said, it might be shocking to, for people to hear, oh, don't date. So uh, two questions for you. Uh, the first one is, like, from what it actually looks like. So what do dating people do and what do, what does a courtship do? So if I want to ask a girl to to court me, or do I court her? Does she court me? I'm not sure what happens. But if, if I if I want to court her, how does that look different than like the dating that we see on TV? Sure. I mean, first off, I mean, I think, and, and I, let's let's use some distinctions here. So first off, it's not wrong to be attracted to another person. Okay. Um, and 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 I I want to start this discussion with that phrase because we have confused attraction and lust in our culture. And in, our, in the world which we live in, it's this idea that as, as, if somebody arouses my lust, the desire to want to use them as an object, then it, then it means somebody I'm supposed to, I'm, I should try to pursue and ultimately um, to break down boundaries, um, break, break down sexual boundaries, um, as what happens in, in, in much of the cases of, of dating. Because in, in a lot of the dating cases, it's the faster that you can become sexually involved the better off. Whereas if courtship really, the, the difference would be courtship would be this asking this intentional question from the very beginning, am I called to be married to this person? And I would also say the other, other distinction would be 
many times in, in dating situations, it is this uh, basically emotional vomiting, <laughs> if we can say, of revealing all the stuff to the other person, okay? Whereas we want to say in courtship, it is a slow unveiling of the person so that the goal there to get to a place of spiritual nakedness, because it's one thing to be physically naked with somebody. It's a whole other matter to be spiritually naked, to really let somebody see me for me so that the possibility of them loving me for me. And when, when and, and I think this is one of the issues is in, in a lot of the dating situations, so many people are afraid to really show others who they really are. And why is that? I think it has a lot to do with the fact of how we are growing up in a situation of abandonment. So many of us have experienced the breakdown of marriage and family intimately. Mom or dad or both weren't present. Um, maybe they were physically there, but they weren't, weren't emotionally, emotionally available to me. But then also the flip side is maybe because of the divorce culture, and in many cases, a lot of those who grew up in a, in a culture of divorce, the fathers are out of the picture, or if dad is not around 100% of the time, um, it ends up being this great fear of, of attachment. So there a lot of in the dating circumstances is this perspective of being very surface, not getting real with, with the other person, of getting to know them for who they are. And what also happens is um, because we don't, haven't been able to foster genuine intimacy in all forms of healthy intimacy, there's a, a great focus on genital intimacy, okay? Trying to be focused on that area, the area of the body that is in that kind of expression of intimacy is reserved for marriage because I'm able to give myself totally to the other person. So, in, so it's, I, I would say if we can be very precise on this, it's a matter of intentionality. It's, um, whereas in, in just dating, in the, in the culture that we live in, a lot of the dating is simply that of um, uh, just, I want somebody to be around me who's trying to serve my needs or trying to fill up this, this space of loneliness. Whereas courtship is really asking the question, God, how am I called to serve this person? How God is in the mixed mix in, in, the, in the middle of that relationship and asking that direct question, how in how and in what way and for how long am I called to serve this person? Yeah, that makes so much sense because I mean, all love is is wanting the best for the other. You know, instead of instead of trying to get just what you want and, and try to get that fulfillment that just lasts for a short time, but wanting the best for the other. And we like we see that in the Trinity. You know, like the the Father wants the best mm -hmm. for the Son, the Son wants the best for the Father, and then that love actually becomes a person, which you know <laughs> looks a lot like. Uh, what what happens in marriage? You know, two people love each other, and that that love ends up becoming another person. So, um, the the second question that I really want to ask you that that kind of struck me from what you were saying at the beginning is I, I we do have college students here who who do feel lonely. You know, you you said that, you know, and a lot of times we whenever we're lonely or we're feeling um, down on ourselves because of that loneliness, uh, that's I, I've seen sometimes that that's what leads to you know, bad dating or some other bad, bad habits instead of trying to find, find that love um, in the correct way. So what would you say to some lonely college girl or a lonely college guy um, in, in that situation? And, and what, what would you tell them in, in relationship to their love life? Sure. I would say um, we are in solidarity with you. 
okay? Um, the marriage itself, if you are not secure in your identity as a beloved son or daughter of God before marriage, it will not happen in marriage. There are way too many marriages, and I've worked with a lot of people um, who think this person's going to satisfy me, right? I mean, from the, from the perspective of we were created with this, uh, the, a lot of us have heard this phrase, that we were created with a God-shaped hole. And who's the only one that can fill it is God. And if we try to fill it with anything else, which is what our culture, I like to actually say an anti-culture, because uh, the culture brings forth life. So whatever this is, right, uh, in many cases is not life-giving. Um, and here um, we try to fill it with anything. So drugs, I mean, the, the hookups, the, the pornography, um, filling with just work, all those different things instead of allowing God to direct and tell us who we are. That means we have to go first to him. And there's a prayer. So I would say, you know, what's a practical thing to do about that? Obviously, get working in your prayer life, okay? Or, or, or even more, allow God to work your prayer life. And that means providing space for him. And a simple prayer that I offer to, to our listeners this evening is that of, and it uh, actually was taught to me by Brian Butler, who's uh, from Dumb Ox Productions, and he does a lot of work with Theology of the Body from middle school and high school. And, he, and this is the prayer. It was, God of desire, my desire is for you. God of desire, my desire is for you. Basing it on Psalm 37, 4, that um, take delight in the, in the Lord and you will fulfill your heart's desire. See, the problem comes in, in that when we're not secure in who our identity is, as a beloved son or daughter of God, and we're not secure in the Father's love for us and trying to seek all these other things, we end up doubting that God can really do what he has promised. He has promised to give us our heart's desire if we will go to him. And it also means he's also aligning pieces in perspective. Like take my wife's, uh, my wife and I, okay? We, uh, I didn't get married. We didn't get married. I didn't get married until I was almost 30 years old. Okay, so for all my young listeners who are 18, you haven't found the one yet, your life is not over forfeited, okay? What I like to say is God is aligning all the, all the pieces, and his timing is flawless. Why? Six months before my wife and I got together to begin courtship, um, we were friends, but I was dealing with the massive trauma. I had to get healed from things. She was dealing with a stalker boyfriend that had to be dealt with. Um, and, Sounds exhilarating. And so we, yeah. <laughs> it's exhilarating and also kind of frightening. Um, and I can tell you all about guys who don't know the value and worth of their own masculinity, and then they uh, goes on to hurt others. Um, so, so from that perspective, is we have to be secure in that. And 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 at this moment, God is arranging pieces. And if and, and this is, I'm going to say the worst thing ever. For singles, they hate hearing it, but it's absolutely true, is that it's when we stop looking, that person's going to show up if we're called to marriage. Okay? Um, it, doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean that we just let ourselves go. We stop working out. We stop eating right. You know, I just, I'm just going to look hideous. No, we got to take care of ourselves. But our focus needs to be on the, on the divine matchmaker, on God the Father, who does want to bless us with the spouse that he has for us. And your spouse may not be ready. This may be God protecting you from them, but also vice versa. You might have some serious issues that need to be dealt with. 
because the the truth of the matter is your wedding ring is not your 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 wedding band is not a magic ring that solves all your problems. You have to deal with those things and ultimately allow Jesus Christ to redeem them. We are we are experiencing this in the times we live in um, a major lack of, of of faith in the idea that God can really work in our day and age. Even some Catholics don't believe this, um, and that's a tough thing. But I'm here to proclaim boldly that God can redeem all of it. Might it take time? Yes. That means take the five-minute perspective. That means can you wait five minutes? And when you get to that five minutes, can you wait another five minutes if what you are desiring, what you think uh, you're desiring, uh, hasn't shown up? And what happens through that time, through that time of, of suffering? Suffering is not a bad thing. Suffering, if united to the cross, is redemptive. It also means that our hearts are able to be widened. Are we willing to let God widen our hearts? Because if we, if marriage is really the call to make a total gift of self, and I, man, Taylor, you and I can share war stories of how we fail our wives. (laughs) Taylor, if you don't say that, then you're lying. Not on the air, man. Not on the air. Amen. We, we, we go to private confession for that. We don't need public, uh, yeah. public flagellation <laughs> for that. Um, so, so from that is like, if I, I still know how selfish a man I am, but the time in which of having waiting for her to show up when she would show up um, was a beautiful thing looking back because I needed to become a whole lot less selfish than when I was. And thank God for that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I know that you're, you know, talking about hindrances to, to modern relationships, and we have just a, about a minute or so left, and I know that you work um, specifically with one of these hindrances with Freedom Coaching. So why don't you tell us real quick about what, what you do with Freedom Coaching and how you can help people out? Sure. So uh, with Freedom Coaching, it's a, uh, it's a one-on-one mentoring system designed to break the attraction or compulsion to pornography permanently. Pornography is em- any image or, or written that is trying to arouse our lust, trying to get us to use another human being. And there's a whole lot of brain science that tells us that um, this is just like a drug. And many people don't know what to do about this. And I, I say to any young lady out there, that if you're involved with a guy who has an attachment to this, you need to give him an ultimatum, get help or you're gone um, because it's killing us. But on the flip side, there are a lot of women who are also getting involved with this because it is uh, because they're thinking they have to be like broken men. And that's just not the case. So I work with men and women. I work with Catholics and non-Catholics, but it is from a very Catholic, uh, Christ-rooted, uh, Christocentric and, and, and Catholic-centered uh, uh, philosophy and theology to break this attraction totally so they can go out and live the life they're supposed to live. Well, I'm so glad you're doing that. I, I know that's that's such an important thing um, that we need to to get help with as a society and as individuals. So I just want to thank you for your ministry, man. Everything that it did for me, you know, because I I did end up asking that girl uh, at that retreat to to date me um, right after that talk. We based our relationship off off of your talk. So I guess I could I should say what we courted. So I uh, can say I listened to the talk. Um, and, uh, I'm actually married to her now and have two kids with her. So, so thank you for helping get that set up and thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, we'll definitely look forward to having you on very soon. Taylor and honor blessings, brother. God bless you, man. Have a happy Easter. I mean, Christmas. Thank you. And Easter too. (laughs) Bye. And Kwanzaa and Ramadan. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Merry Christmas.
right, welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll, and we're going to keep this party going. I want to st- thank Steve Picorni for coming on the show, and uh, I just loved wishing him a happy Easter right there. That was that was uh, very embarrassing. So um, Merry Christmas to everybody out there out there listening now. I know we got a, about a week, but I don't think I'll be on again before Christmas. So um, we, we are actually going to keep this fun going with uh, two people who are in studio now. They are in studio because they just finished one of their uh, – part of their marriage prep classes, um, Khaki and Colin. Why don't you guys introduce yourself a little bit? Okay. Uh, well, I'm Khaki. I um, am have been living here in Aggieland for about a year. Moved here from... Uh, Whoop. From Oklahoma. I graduated from Oklahoma State a year ago today. Go folks. Go folks. I have a degree in human development and family science, and I currently work at a company in Bryan that serves adults with disabilities. Uh, it's really, really great. I love it there. Um, and I'm engaged to Colin. Y'all are such a cute couple. Uh, I, I said, why don't y'all introduce yourself? And of course, Colin was, was the gentleman and let, and let the lady go first. So Colin, you're, you're, you're uh, we saved the best for last. <laughs> yeah, that's fine with me. I will continue to be the gentleman. I know that she comes first. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm Colin and I am a senior public health major at Texas A&M. Um, I do not plan on continuing with public health per se, but I want to get a master's in health care administration and work in healthcare quality and eventually in policy. Oh, sweet. That sounds very exciting. Y'all both want to help people. Y'all are both in very, very helping professions. So um, we're, we're keeping this this theme of relationships going. And uh, I brought you guys on because you're in a relationship, obviously. You seem to like each other, at least a little bit. Um, so why don't you tell us the story about how you guys met? Okay. Well, um, we originally met in middle school back in the, the day of 2007. Um, and, uh, we were both in band together, which is how we first came to be introduced, but I was actually, you know, dating quote unquote, as much as you can in middle school, a boy that Colin was friends with. Oh yeah. So drama. But then once he, once that boy and I broke up, Colin was like our middleman, like I would be like, well, you tell him that I said this. And then so Colin would go and tell, and then he would come back with usually like a note or like a, well, he says this is how he's feeling. And, you know. It's pretty juicy stuff. Very, very, <laughs> yes. This um, was back in the day when, when we still wrote notes. It wasn't text yes, messages. Yes, there was a lot of notes. Texting was just getting popular. And, and I it was only this like, because there was one time where uh, this guy that she was dating, the same guy, um, he had to take my phone because his phone had died. And all I remember from from that interaction was I got my phone back and all they texted to each other were hearts and not like the emoji hearts. It was like the, this was before the, emojis. It was like the less than, less than sign three. Oh my goodness. Like, I totally and forgot I'm telling about you, that. I'm it was like 50 of them. So he, all he was doing on his, on my phone was just clicking away just rapidly. Cause he knew like where to get to the, the hearts. And it was like all they did anyway. Is that uh, while they were still dating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. That no, was no. not uh, why you were the middleman. That no, would no, be no. super weird. No, no that was I love you. I want you back. <laughs> no, no, that was not the case. No. So then we, uh, after we grew up from middle school and, um, thank the Lord. Thank, thank God. <laughs> thank yeah. God. What a hard time. But, um, in high school, you know, we continued to be friends. We went to church together. So we were in youth group together. We got confirmed together. Um, we were in marching band together. We had a ton of classes. So we were just always around each other in high school. We had all the same friends. Um, a big a big part of the actual friendship came from our time in youth together, though. Um, we we kind of had we both had conversion experiences, like real like actual conversion experiences in high school from the same retreat. Um, 
And after that, we spent most of our quality time, like as just friends, at at our youth stuff at uh, our, our our home parish is Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton in Keller, Shout Texas. Out. I, I also went to church for the pretty girls, so we have that in common. <laughs> I went originally for Jesus, and I found the pretty girls, so that was fun. My, mine was the opposite. I went for the pretty girls and found Jesus. <laughs> I think that's how it works. Well, for thank God, guys. one way or another. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. So you you apparently played this played this middleman position pretty well. I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Colin became yeah. the person. You know, I talked to him as a middleman, but then as we got older, he was already that friend that I could talk to. Um, about whatever was going on in my life, um, which is something that has been really foundational of our relationship, other than, of course, like our faith, but just our friendship and the trust and honesty that we had built just all growing up. So, you guys, you heard it here first on Forte Catholic Radio. Colin Kidd is the first person to ever make it out of the friend zone. Congratulations. <laughs> he really did. To wow. Colin we, that's something that we <laughs> talked really about. Funny. That was a topic of ours a lot as we were starting to date and think about dating was the friend zone. That's hilarious. I so there's a whole about story that. about that. That was funny too. Looking back. Jeez. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And then Colin had That's a brilliant. fun vocational uh, journey through college. Yeah, we both did. Um, as for myself, when I got out of high school, um, I really felt strongly that the Lord was calling me to the priesthood. And I took a year um, at, a, at a regular university to see if that, if that call was going to change uh, being in college. Uh, but it didn't, and I, I followed uh, uh, the call to uh, the, the priesthood to the seminary. I went to Holy Trinity Seminary as a as a seminary for Fort Worth, and you know God works in really mysterious ways, and He has in my life from for a very long time, and uh, He always wants to change my plans. It's really bizarre. I had this whole plan laid out whenever I was like deciding about college that I wanted to be a dentist and orthodontist. And then I got my conversion experience and said, okay, Jesus, you want me to be a priest? I'll be a priest. Then I had the whole thing planned out, like how I was going to uh, you know, be a priest and give homilies and, and be really helpful. And then when I get to the seminary, that changes. It was really, it was really funny. I won't go into like the, uh, the really deep, you know, personal, uh, prayer experiences that I had, but they were there. Um, it was a really beautiful time for me at the seminary and, and, uh, the entire time, you know, Kaki and I remained friends. Uh, we, we, we remained friends all through high school and, and through my time at the seminary. And uh, it was really beautiful, kind of the way that, that God kind of drew us together, even through all of the discernment that I was doing and what she was going through as well, because there was some stuff happening on, on her side. And uh, so coupled with my uh, personal vocation, discernment uh, led Kaki and I to, to dating after I, after I left after a year. I got you. So did y'all date before you went into the seminary at all? We did for a little bit senior year of high school. Check out our Throwback was, Thursday prom pictures. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> pretty great. We were cute. We were so. really, yeah, we were. <laughs> I it was say just that. bad timing. What, what happened to you, man? She's still doing all right. But what happened to you? <laughs> I, know, I got some stuff on my face. I got, some, I got some fuzzy on my face. Um, but yeah, we did date a little bit in high school. Ultimately, it was just poor timing with being seniors and getting ready to go to college, as well as just at least for me, not not being mature enough at that point to be in a relationship. Um, but thankfully... <laughs> he just agreed. He just he knows. It's, it's, <laughs> still, it's a very well-known fact. But oh, yeah. thank God, you know, our God is a God of second chances and a God who, who redeems relationships, um, you know, if that's his will. So that's kind of what happened to us. Uh, something that I'm deeply thankful for. So you got out of the friend zone in, 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 in middle school into high school. 
Then God put you back in the friend zone. And then put him in seminary. seminary. Yeah. Yep. Right. And then God let you back out of the friend zone. Right. And so now you're going to get married. Two time back to back friend zone champion. <laughs> what, we calling kids. When you follow God's will, he'll take you lots of places. The friend zone may be one of them, but. The, the seminary, pre- might, the be seminary might be one of them too. <laughs> he, he, he led me to this radio studio. It doesn't make sense to anybody. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, y'all are doing your your marriage your marriage prep, right? Yes, so we are currently engaged. Congratulations! Oh mentioned. yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. Congratulations! Mm-hmm. Thank you, you. You did it. Um, so, what does Catholic marriage prep look like? It's it changes uh, depending on the diocese. We've realized because we want to we're going to get married at our home parish in Fort Worth. But we're doing all of our prep here in College Station at St. Mary's. And uh, the things that are the same is that the church really cares about you as a couple. And they want to make sure every couple um, talks about the really hard stuff before you before you get really far into your engagement. Uh, and then going from there, they want to make sure that each couple is spiritually prepared, at least on some level, um, that they can handle the responsibility that, that being a, a, a married Catholic uh, couple brings. Um, so I think those are the two main things that yeah. they bring to, to the preparation is they want to make sure that you're talking um, and that you are prepared on a spiritual level to accept the responsibilities that husband and wife bring to the table as a Catholic marriage and not just marriage. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, they, they do a good job, like Colin said, of just facilitating conversations. Sometimes, you know, Colin and I, like I said kind of earlier, we never really struggled to talk about hard things. Um, but even still with marriage prep has brought up things that we haven't even thought about to talk about. Um, so we're just really thankful for those opportunities just so that you go into this marriage feeling prepared, like you've talked about as much as you can. I mean, you can't plan for everything. You can't talk about everything. But all of the, all of the the big important things Marriage prep has given us an opportunity to talk about, which has been really, really awesome. Um, and the good thing as well is that the focus is on the couple and not on the um, like the church per se. There's a lot. Of, I think people have this perception that that marriage prep is going to be this this daunting challenge. You have to take a test before you can get married. And it's really not the case at all. The people who are teaching the prep and giving you the help that you need really care about you and your family and your vocation, so they're willing to go out of their way to make sure that you understand things, that you're getting the help that you need. Um, they want you to be successful. It's a, it's a loving environment. Yes. Uh, it's not It's not something that people should should shy away from. Really dive into it. When, when else are you going to have a time like that in your life to really spend time and prepare with your future spouse? You know, go on a retreat, have a, a couple who's assigned to you to, to get help, have a priest at your disposal to talk about theology, um, and a lot of other resources. It's a very unique time, and one that people shouldn't shy away from. It's a it's a beautiful time. Yeah, the, the time the time that you have for that is until you have your first kid. Then it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that when I was doing my marriage prep with my fiance, now my wife, um, we had to take a test that, that was like. Are you compatible, right? Yes, and, yes. and then, like, it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, you take the test and then you talk about it with the priest. Have y'all taken that test yet? Yes, we did that a couple weeks ago. It might have been different. It may have been a different test. We took a pre-marriage inventory, and yeah. all it was it was just like a series of questions that was just to evaluate what have you talked about already. Right. It wasn't really a compatibility, like a 
like a personality test. It was just like a are you, have you talked about have you talked these about this? big things? How important are certain things to you versus do you think it's important to your future, you know, spouse? Um there were there were questions like, you know, um sometimes my future spouse's behavior concerns me and then like how strongly you feel about that. So some of them were very serious. Some of the questions were more fun, like just kind of goofy, like um How do you feel about pets? Yeah, have you talked about the the you know, importance of pets in your relationship? And I was like we kind of haven't like, and then it was, but it wasn't like, I want a parakeet or this marriage is <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's actually kind of funny. Khaki is vehemently I'm in very favor terrified. of having uh, a chicken coop. I do. Chickens. I do want some chickens, which is something we have talked about. <laughs> I would love to raise chickens. Colin, my, my wife and I may or may not have just argued about whether or not to have a chicken coop like three weeks ago. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So that's an ongoing exploration. We just for got us an Aldi. Well. It's more, it's more cost efficient to have Aldi. And get our eggs from all 39 cents? 39 cents a dozen. All right, so I love this. Yeah, we're actually kind of getting into where I want to go next. We're gonna play a game that I just made up in my head. And we're going to do we're gonna we're gonna do Taylor's marriage prep test. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. So yeah. let, let, let's we're let's so ready. Let, let's cue the music. So how how this is going to work, this this might be the only time we ever play this game on the air. Okay. It's called Taylor's Marriage Prep Test. So I'm gonna ask a question. And you are going to answer at the same time. I will count down from th- from three, two, one, and then you say the answer. Okay? No pressure. Okay, please. no pressure at all. Uh, here we go. So first question: the amount of kids that you want is three, two, one, three. three. Oh my goodness, you did it! That's amazing. Um, so we're we're testing you out on this. Um, the number one pet that we want as a couple is three, two, one. Dog. 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 Okay, I'm so glad you didn't say chicken because you might have fought. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to, okay, so this is, this is multiple choice, right? Uh, this is schooling for your, for your, for your children. You want to do private school, like, like uh, private school, Catholic school, Public school or homeschool? Those are your four choices, right? Those are all the choices. Like A, B, C, D. Uh, but uh, say the actual. S- the say, okay, yeah, okay. say, okay. say okay. public, private, Catholic, home. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Public. Oh, you did it. Okay, so that that's an answer. We'll we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, so our next question. This is a lot of fun. I like this game a lot. So, the side of the bed that you will sleep on when you get married. You have right. Or left. What about cold? <laughs> the cold side. Okay, do whatever answer you want. <laughs> Wait, so we would we would say the opposite thing which, of each other. Which, then, which right? side oh, of the bed boy. do you want to sleep on when you get married? Three, two, one. Left. left. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. That's, we'll just cuddle a lot. That's, uh, <laughs> that sounds very uncomfortable. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. This is when you're married. Right, um, from the future. So, oh, so funny. you know what the right answer is, Colin? Right. The, the right. The, the right. An- no, the correct answer for the man is the closest to the door. Ooh. The closest to the door, because if a burglar comes in, you got to stand up and you got to protect that. And lady. I'm jumping out the what about, window. What about the window, yeah. What if they come through the window? Uh, th- then, then everyone, you can run out I'll the just door. Sleep I'll protect with you. my pillow. Ready to fight. If you're both on the left, you can just protect her wherever you want to go. <laughs> All right. So the the, the final question um, for for uh, Taylor's marriage prep test for Colin and Khaki is what will be everyone's last name. In this marriage, three, two, one. Kid. All right, you did it. Congratulations. Let's kill the music. That was way too much fun. That so, was great. so, so we did it. 
You you passed the test. I will allow you to get married. Good. I'm really glad that you that, can sign. The certificate. <laughs> I'm really glad that that went well because I wouldn't want to have to tell you guys that you can't get married live on the radio. That would so. been terrible. That would be really embarrassing. Yeah, that really was actually really impressive. I'm really proud of you guys. So I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. That was way too much fun. Um, I'm, I'm look. I, I've loved getting to know you guys, and I'm I'm very happy to see the great couple that you are. And and uh, even though I'm married, it's it's encouraging to see you guys and how much you love each other. It reminds me of the good old days whenever whenever I was uh, engaged as well. So thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, any final final thoughts? Thank you, Taylor. Shout out to uh, all of our, our friends out there who are listening. Thanks for tuning in. Keep listening to Taylor's show because he's great. Because it's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Taylor, for having us on. Uh, I just want to say uh, for anybody who's listening, who, who listened to the previous uh, couple of segments and then us, um, have faith and have hope that you know, you'll find love and you'll, you'll find the Lord's, uh, the Lord's plan for you. Um, pray for us. We are certainly praying for you all and have a Merry Christmas. I'm going to have to kick you out now because you said you all on my radio show. Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> all right. Y'all. So uh, thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for listening. This is Forte Catholic Radio with your friend, your pal, Taylor Schroll. Uh, for more on the show, check out ForteCatholic.com slash radio. You can, you can sign up to get the show in your email box every day. You can find out how to find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Please help the, help me out. Like and rate the show. Share it with your friends. This has been fun. We'll see you next week. Adios. See ya.